Welcome to the UK Travel Planning Podcast. Your host is the founder of the UK Travel Planning website, Tracy Collins. In this podcast, Tracy shares destination guides, travel tips, and itinerary ideas, as well as interviews with a variety of guests who share their knowledge and experience of UK travel to help you plan your perfect UK vacation. Join us as we explore the UK from cosmopolitan cities to quaint villages, from historic castles to beautiful islands, and from the picturesque countryside to seaside towns. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the UK Travel Planning Podcast. In this episode, which was recorded live in our UK Travel Planning Facebook group, I chat about all things British with special guest Victoria of Cotswold Teacup Tours. We answer questions posed by members of the group and chat about top- topics such as our love of tea, why we enjoy visiting gardens and why we recommend staying in a and b or heading to a local village pub if you want to meet the locals when travelling the UK. We also answer questions such as where to stay in London, our favourite UK foods, recommended castle hotels and more destination-specific topics, such as the best place to eat in Chipping Camden in the Cotswolds for afternoon tea or a roast dinner, and how long to actually allow for a visit to the Tower of London. We also chat about the books we're reading at the moment, which are set in or about the UK. So without further ado, join myself and Victoria for a virtual cuppa and a chat about all things British. Hi, everybody. Um, I think we've gone live this time, Victoria, so I think I've actually learned how to do it and press the button. So hi, everybody in the Facebook group who has joined myself and Victoria today for a bit of a live question and answer. Um, hopefully you've managed to register to put your name if you want to ask questions, but if not, put questions below and, and we will try and answer them um, in the next day or so. Um, so I thought I'd do a quick introduction about, about myself um, and then hand over to Victoria so she can tell you a little bit about herself. So obviously I'm Tracy Collins. I run the Facebook group and I've got um, three websites. I've got tracystravelsintime.com, uktravelplanning.com, which is, I guess, where most of you uh, found the group from, and the new website, londontravelplanning.com. So I'm originally from the UK. I was born in the Northeast, hence I've got a northern accent, a Geordie accent. Posh Geordie, apparently now, uh, but I have uh, lived in seven countries around the world um, <laughs> over the course of fifty-something years. I won't tell you my age, um, including um, Australia, which is where we are based at the moment. Um, but always kind of popping back to the UK um, from wherever I've lived. So I've lived in North America, um, in Africa, oh, just loads of places in Europe, Switzerland, France, all over. So, uh, but say in Australia at the moment. So that's basically me. Uh, so obviously you'll see me a lot in the Facebook group and I'll pass over to Victoria. Oh, thanks, Tracy. Hello. Hello, everybody. Anybody listening or watching? Um, yeah, I'm Victoria. I am owner of Cotswold Teacup Tours, which is my fairly new little business. I started just after the pandemic, um, taking people on bespoke tours of the Cotswolds, private tours. And uh, this was, I think I found my passion in life. Um I used to work for Oxford University and a few uh, local private charities for a very long time. And um, and it was always my ambition to have my own little business. Kind of, It was a family tradition. My, both my parents had their own businesses and it was kind of something that was always going to happen at some point. And so I am, I am living the dream. And uh, it's, it's great. And so I do um, lots of uh, one day trips, two days. It depends what people want, really. 
Uh, I grew up in the Cotswolds. I am a proper local girl. I was I was born uh, in in Oxford in the John Radcliffe Hospital, oh, and wow. a little village in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> just on the edge of the Cotswolds. So I feel like I, I know the area pretty well. Yeah, I think I'm so. still discovering new places. <laughs> it's, it's a big area. Yeah, it is, and that, that's something I do tell people because I think. Um, Often people think they can see the Cotswolds. We've said this a number of times before in a very short period of time, but really to get the best out of the Cotswolds, you do need to give yourself a bit of time, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, uh, it takes uh, four hours to drive from north to south and a couple, two hours to drive from east to west. Wow. Yeah. So, an idea anyway, a rough idea. Exactly. exactly. Um, but that, and we have got some podcasts, uh, previous podcasts, where you can listen to Victoria. So I will... Um, link to those. We'll be using this um, live as a as a podcast as well, so I will link to those episodes, which I can't remember off the top of my head the number of those, but uh, we did a couple, um, so you can find out all, a bit more information about Victoria and about the Cotswolds in those. Um, so we did receive some questions um, for this live, so that was great. So um, I think we'll we'll launch into the questions. We're going to do it as a conversation and kind of we, we've had a look at the questions and just kind of. Yeah, chat through it and give you what what we think or what what our thoughts are on them. So, um, the the first lot of questions are from uh, Robbie. So, hi, Robbie. Um, <laughs> which interesting first question really was, um, what are pet peeves the British have about American tourists? Um, so, I don't know, Victoria, if you oh. want to answer this one. Oh, we, Brits love American tourists. Because they're so positive and they're so full of enthusiasm and, and interested. When I'm touring with American guests and the, I, I just watch how they interact with the different shop owners, or different businesses or the locals. And everyone's always interested, slightly curious. This is the Brits are curious about the Americans and want to know, you know, how long you're here for and where are you staying? And it's, it's a genuine warmth. Um, I mean, OK. I'll be honest, there have been a couple of occasions, but a couple of cringe moments <laughs> when um, I had to maybe suggest that people don't put their hands up against private windows of houses <laughs> and peer in, which is slightly awkward. But, um, yeah. but no, I, I don't. I don't know too many peeps. <laughs> no, I don't. I couldn't think of anything. I mean, I think um, I think, you know, there's there's a kind of reputation about Americans being quite loud, but, you know, like I'm loud and this is about individuals anyway. So, <laughs> like, I think it's sometimes um, I mean, I have to because I am so loud, <laughs> I have to be really conscious of kind of the environment I'm in. So I guess that's something I would say is just be conscious Like, if you're on a train and it's a quiet carriage. I try to keep my voice down and say I've got a loud voice anyway. Um, but I think it's about individuals. Like I don't, I don't think that there's any kind of, you know, I don't use any kind of stereotypical ideas because I think, um, I think we enjoy meeting people from you know different nationalities and and answering the questions. And instead, there's always that interest. I always want to know where they're from. I just because yeah. it's like I'm also learning a lot about Americans with doing our itinerary consults. Like all these different places that I that I didn't know. So. So I think it's um, what's really good is that, you know, that enthusiasm and, and wanting to also to share a little bit about about where they're from, which is which is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, Robbie asked, asked about you know, the reputation about British people being reserved um, and that being put off by the enthusiasm. And, and um, again, it's about individuals because, you know, I'm. I can be quite reserved in some situations, but I'm pretty, pretty loud. <laughs> I'm pretty confident again. I'm you know, that side of you, Tracy. 
what being quiet <laughs> and reserved. Uh, listen, I've always been friendly. My mom said when I was four years of age, I'd walk down the street and go, hi, man, my name's Tracy. What's your name? I've, I've always been interested in people. I love people. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of my interest. So I guess maybe I'm, I don't know. Again, I said not typically British, but I just think, you know, we're all different and it's all about individuals, isn't it? Um, and I think it is worth remembering, though, and it's for anybody really, is that and, and it doesn't matter where you go in the world. It's like wherever you're visiting. Um, that it's kind of, it's not a fairy tale. This is actually where people live and it's their businesses and it's their lives. And and I think that's the privilege that we get of, um, from traveling really is to actually be able to 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 meet people from all walks of life and kind of understand a little bit about about how, how their lives are. Hmm. So, I, I don't I don't think um, I think sometimes Brits may f- seem reserved at first. And they may be sort of having a moment to slightly kind of work you out a little bit. And then once they once they've kind of, you know, a few minutes into a few seconds into a conversation yeah. and people warm up really quickly and we'll start chatting. And I mean, I every time I go out on a tour, I end up chatting to randoms, you know, and we, and we have a nice little chat about this, about nothing really. And yeah. little dogs or something like that. I think it's always finding that kind of common ground, isn't it? And then yeah. breaking oh, ice yeah. and having the conversation. Um, and actually, there was a, a. I'll kind of skip to another question. We'll go back to the one about the gardens. But actually, um, I'm still find it because it kind of relates. Um, where is it? it? Was it was actually about meeting British people again? It was from Robbie. Actually, it's like how how would be the best way to meet people? And um, to be honest, I think the best way to do it, and it's interesting because um, the, the podcast that I've just recorded uh, with with Wendy, which is actually um, out tonight, um, she actually mentions that the, she loved staying in B&Bs and guest houses because that was a fantastic way to meet local people because the local people are often running the B&B or guest house. But you're going to have lots of different people staying in the guest house and B&B as well. And um, from all over the world. And I remember we we stayed in a guest house in on Alaska last year. and there, there was there were Canadians, there were South Africans, there were Americans, and there were Scottish people um, staying in that B and B as well. And it was fantastic. They had a lovely lounge area, and every evening we'd go and get a glass of wine and just just chat about where people had been during the day. Same at breakfast, you know, oh, where are you going today? What have you done? Um, so that to me is a really good way of of kind of of meeting people. I think um, you know it, it, hotels are fine, but you know if you really want to get to know the people and also try the very good breakfasts because that's what you'll get in the B&B and often a guest house as well get a good cooked breakfast um and that's the time to to kind of you know make those make those connections and kind of um find out about the people who run it because obviously often there will be locals that are running it um yeah so I, I don't know what you think on that Victoria as well oh, do you think, think that's a, yeah I do I completely agree with you Tracy I think B&B's my mum used to run a very nice B&B oh. and, uh, many years ago. So I kind of grew up in that culture of, um, and, and, you know, it was definitely, it was so nice for people being, you know, in kind of a lovely farmhouse setting in somebody's home. And, but you would feel like you were really part of kind of part of the family a little bit, not like included in everything in the evenings, but if you had your own little sitting room or something, yeah, and, you absolutely. know, as you say, the breakfast, it's all about the breakfast. Mm. Oh, I've I've been at some B and Bs. I know some people don't like it where everybody sits at the same table, and you know, yeah. I, I was a one, and it's like introducing yourself and, and yeah. having that conversation. So that would be that would be one way that I'd recommend it. Um, I, I know there was, the, there was a question about um, the difference between like pubs and bars, and we we're talking about because we were just chatting about this before we came on, and 
um, you know, pubs are very different from bars, and you'll find pubs yeah. all over all over the UK. So, um, and you know, like we're saying, like a, a village may just have the local pub, and they won't have a bar in it, but the, a, a bar in the village, but they'll probably, you know, there'll be a, a pub, you know, that's the right. King's yeah. Arms or the Red Lion or. Yeah. yeah, that's it. The difference, I think, if I'm going out, if I'm going out for a drink into a town, say Oxford nearby or London, I'll go to a bar with my friends, you know, a cocktail or something like that. And yeah. then, um, but in a village, you're, you're there with your locals and, um, and everyone from the village. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a much more kind of relaxed, kind of cozy feel. Very different yeah. vibe. Absolutely. And a bit more like people will know each other. I was just saying yeah. that. So my, my, yeah. Yeah. Everybody will know everybody my else as well, potentially. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. I said, or oh, landlady, <laughs> or oh, land, or landlord, or landlady. Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, I remember it's like growing up in in the northeast, and my dad would come in from work, he'd have a bath, and then he'd go to the pub, and he'd go and have a couple of pints, and he'd meet all his mates and the chat, and you know, and and that was he enjoyed doing that. Um, so you'll find in areas that you know it's it's their local pub, um, and that's where they'll they'll go and have a drink, have a game of darts or whatever. Um, so it's like a, it's a social thing. Whereas, yeah, you know, going to a bar is a bit more, um, bit more dressy. You get cocktails. It's not going to be necessarily going to know everybody. It's a completely different feel. Um, so that would be the difference. So I'd recommend that you do, you know, go and try some pubs when you when they're in the UK. That would be, be to do. Absolutely. And I know when you take tours, you go to pubs, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. We always go to getting a nice pub lunch somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, and that's it. Some pubs do really good lunches as well, so you can get a good lunch. Or some have like little restaurant aside to them as well, so you can get that kind of pub pub fare. So it's going to be like your things like fish and chips, scampi and chips, gammon steak. Oh my goodness, I'm, my mouth's watering thinking about being over in the UK in April. Gammon steak and chips. That yeah. sort of that sort of again relaxed eating. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, so that was it. I think that was a little bit about answering those questions from Robbie. But um, we've got some good questions about um, gardens and gardening. And actually, I've just seen a question that popped up from Monica Wilson. Hello, Monica. Um, can, I don't know if you can see the question as well, uh, oh, yes, Victoria. Yeah. 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 We'll be visiting the Cotswolds in April. Um, and I was wondering if flowers gardens are blooming at that time or is it still too early? I'm going to hand this to you, Victoria. Oh, that's a lovely time to be visiting great because you're going to have um so i think you'll we'll find some of the magnolias are going to be out in april there may be some daffodils still out so you'll get the spring flowers um yeah so then there'll be um i'm just thinking now there'll be a whole variety of just of the spring flowers mm. so kind of the early ones still um I'm racking my brains now. I went out today to um, Batsford Arboretum. Yes. And uh, and I was reading through the list of what flowers each month. And it's just completely oh. out of my head, actually. Sorry there? Sorry, cherry blossom. Ah, uh, yes. Flower. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So that, that'll be really good. Um, yeah. I'm going to go in April, May, June, and even maybe the beginning of July. So I can do a little report on, just do some pictures <laughs> of all the different flowers because I just love going around the garden mm. any time of year. Um, which, which, uh, we've got a, a, 
yeah, well, I had seen it through the seasons. I mean, I'd like to, it would be great to go every month and take, actually, well, you could do that. I mean, you do, you've got a really good um, article on your website where you've got the different months, which is really great. Um, so, yeah, talking about the gardens, and uh, Rob, Robbie's asked again is about, um, she's not a very good gardener, so she, which is aspiring to be. Um, so yeah, the question is why do 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 we do like to tour gardens? And um, I I love gardens, so I just, Oh, they're just the beauty of them, the smells, the flowers, the the history behind a lot of them. Um, I, I was never a very keen gardener, but Doug um, is, and we had a beautiful garden in the UK. Which um, and then I started growing lilies, and I grew sweet peas, which is something my grandfather used to grow. So I kind of thought I've got it. And sweet peas are easy to grow, and then I started growing lilies, and then we had vegetables as well. Um, so I, even though I don't think I've got green fingers, I just just enjoy the whole just it's so pretty it's so so pretty um and i know um you you do grow flowers victoria still yeah i do i I do i'm getting a bit busy with the tours but my other passion is growing flowers and um i sell them commercially yeah i signed myself up to um the chiswick flower market this year for two dates to take my flowers to london Oh, market! So, um, which is really exciting, but it means there's a little bit of pressure there to get my flowers in tip-top condition. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sure there will be. (laughs) I hope so. Uh, But I like going to the gardens because um, some of them are really old gardens that haven't that still maintain that their sort of original concept and design from two or three hundred years ago when they were first created. It's amazing. And then there'll be a collection of plants from all over the world, fully, you know, like established now. Or um, it's just the fact that it's just the design. Mm. It's like something I, I can't create myself. I'm not a good, I'm not very good at, at designing a garden. Everything's a bit hodgepodge and a bit of a mess in my garden. But I love seeing, I love seeing how the experts do it. Oh, and it's, you know, and every garden you go to is different. You know, you've got yeah. the kind of cottage yeah. gardens, you, you know, you've got a Kifsco, you've got all the roses, which are amazing. And yeah, you get the different themed gardens at Hidkirt and all. I, I just, I love it. I could happily every day just go to a different, you know, tour the UK and just visit a different garden because, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I think I've got so many videos and photos from last year. Um, and that's one thing I'm really looking forward to doing in the Cotswolds this year um, it is just, you know, and wisteria. I love wisteria over old buildings. And I think Wisteria will be out April, beginning of May. You get the May, Wisteria. May time, I think, yeah. May time, yeah. So um, I think that will be amazing. Um, oh, uh, we've got just oh, we've got another couple of questions popped up. So we'll quickly have a look at those. So um, we've got, how does one travel the Cotswolds? Can you go from town to town if you don't have a car or should I go with a tour group? Yeah. Well, Cotswolds isn't easy to get right around particularly, is it? There is a village bus. Um, so you could catch the train from London, Paddington, to Morton in Marsh, and there is a village bus, and that goes around um, to Stow on the Wold and lots of tiny little villages, but there's a timetable online, so you can research where it goes. But it it's not um, you know, it's not like the most reliable system. It's mm. good though, it is good, yeah. and they are regular. It's just, you know, you might be waiting a little bit, that's all. Yeah, I guess it depends like how much time. If you're going to yeah. base yourself in the Cotswolds for a bit, um, then you could probably do that. If you wanted to go, um, you know, we're talking earlier about how big it is, is that um, 
you know, your best bet is pro- is probably to to book a tour. And obviously, Victoria does tours in the Cotswold, so you know you can always talk to Victoria. Here's our, our private mm-hmm. tours, um, so she can kind of tailor make them to exactly what you want. So if you're interested in the gardens, if you want to see some of the quaint villages, and believe me, you'll drive through, and I've seen thatched cottages, and I go, well, it can't get any prettier than this. And then you drive through, and you're like, oh wow, it just got prettier. And then it gets prettier, and then I just take more photos. I should share some of these in the group, actually, because it's just – I mean, I, I couldn't afford one of these houses, but I just look and go, wow. They're the, the quintessential roses around the door cottage. Yeah, they are. Um, mm. You know, just stunning. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, you, you could do the public transport if you really want to. It would be a bit more logistically. You'd have to think about working that out. Um, and I know there are some tours that – because we stayed in – on the water last year and there were some tours that people were walking and they were getting they were basically the company was moving the luggage from from um hotel to hotel so i know that some people do go to the cotswolds um to to walk actually and then we, we have got a question i know somebody's asked about london i will go back to that one um in a bit elizabeth um but we, so um monica um is staying in chipping camden for three days and she wants to do some hiking and walking um so any recommendations for good hikes near there have you got anything on your website uh, about that victoria that might be useful kind of mm. yeah i'm doing a whole um i'm doing a bit of a project at the moment on walks yeah i um but chipping camden is the uh depends on, the, on which way you look at it is is the end or the starting point of the cotswold way which is a uh, about a five day walk across England to Bath from Chipping Camden. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you could do like a little bit of the Cotswold Way, but there's some great maps. So you could get a map and then do like a nice loop or something. There'll be some great walks to do. But, yeah, um, yeah we have ordnance survey maps, they're called, and then you can tra- you can track your route that you want to take. I think there's some, there's some useful apps as well because I've got a friend who's a yeah. walker in the UK and I'll, I'll, I'll get a link to the apps that he recommended that might be worth also yeah. looking at. Um, I would say I yeah. um I did a walk the other day and I had an app, but I still managed to get myself lost. <laughs> so I really needed a map as well. Oh yes, you did a map. I was thinking more for planning. Oh yes, I would, I would never go anywhere without a map. Yeah. Like I have to have because <laughs> you just never, you know, your phone your phone conks out, you lose your signal, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. whatever. I, I'm I have paper of everything. Even like if I go on holiday, I, I you know have everything on my phone, but I also have a paper copy. I've learned. <laughs> and you know anything can happen to your phone so, so I think that that's definitely worth doing um so I'm just having a look at what other questions we've got um so we are oh, we'll ask about food um and I will go back to the London question I promise Elizabeth I know you're, you're probably waiting patiently um so are fish and chips the national favorite meal what is pub fair um and there was a bit again about pubs which I think we've answered um so fish and chips. Well, national dishes, I don't know. Fish and chips, bangers and mash, haggis, nips and tatties. Um, it depends where you are because there's just – I guess fish and chips is pretty much all over the country, but um, there's lots of regional specialities when it comes to foods. Um, and there are things like, we, you know, a, a roast on a Sunday is is very common. So if you want to have a roast um, – you know, book yourself in for that because um, a lot of families will go out for, for a roast dinner. And that's a tradition. I mean, every Sunday I used to go to my grandmother's house for for roast and she made the best Yorkshire puddings on the planet. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, so uh, fish and chips. I mean, I, I enjoy fish and chips, things like um, gammon steak, scampi. I ate so much scampi when I was back in the UK. I think I ate my body weight in scampi. Um, but things like, uh, you know, it's just different regional things. So you could go down to, to Devon and Cornwall and have your um, scone with, um, you know, jam on first or cream on first, depending if you're from Devon or Cornwall. Um, afternoon teas are very popular in the UK. Um, I love afternoon tea, so I quite happily go afternoon tea every day. But but my um, clothes tell me not to. <laughs> <laughs> but do you cook? Uh, do you bake or cook anything that you would consider kind of like um, you know favorite meal or dish or cake? I'm a Victoria sponge cake. I can hear Doug kind of going Victoria sponge cake. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this just this week, I've made I've made a nice fish pie with um, mashed potato topping and then I made a cottage pie so that was minced lamb with yes. a mashed potato topping <laughs> bit of a theme yes yeah. in the winter time <laughs> you need it and then oh and I made a very nice uh, Victoria sponge this weekend yeah. the family with a yeah. uh, lemon curd uh, a bit of buttercream and then strawberry jam inside oh lovely it oh, that's long. That I bet in. it didn't yeah, I I'll, I'll, can I put an order in for one of those? For <laughs> yeah, I'll make you one. <laughs> Thank you. I absolutely love lemon curd. So I don't know. Actually, is lemon curd? We, we can get it in Australia. They call it. You can get it as lemon curd, but it's also called something else. But um, I don't know. In America, I'm going to ask the Americans that are listening or Canadians that are listening. Yeah. Didn't you get lemon curd in America? I don't know. I absolutely you know love what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> you might go. Actually, I have a picture of myself in. I shared um, a video yesterday in the group of. Um, myself and Doug last year and Sally Lund's in Bath because we popped in for a cup of tea and a Sally Lund's bun. Um, and I have that with lemon curd. So I will put that picture in the group later because that, um, oh, somebody said you can <laughs> buy a of lemon curd. Yay. That's good to know because I'm going to be over in the States later on in the year. So I mean, so I don't need to bring any. Um, so that's really good. So uh, oh, speaking of food, I heard that Sunday is roast day. Yes, generally roast. Um, Sunday is traditionally the day that you get a roast. Is that the only day that a good roast meal is offered? Um, no, you can get a roast most um, most places can get a roast. Uh, you can get this place is called Carveries in the UK. So you can go in and basically they'll give you a choice of a few different meats and then you get your vegetables and your potatoes and you kind of go down the line. The meat. Yeah, I love Carveries. Yeah. Um, you go down the line and then you the, you kind of choose what what vegetables and stuff you want to go. But that, they're, they're a re- really good place to go if um, if not on it well you can go there on a Sunday but they're generally all week um so I don't know oh are there any restaurants in Chipping Camden for a roast that's putting you on the spot Victoria might have to might have to come back to that and if you if you I, I, have, an an I have an answer just like oh that. you have there is a lovely pub in Chipping Camden it's called the Eight Bells and they'll do you a nice roast nice roast lunch if it's if it's not a Sunday, there'll be something on the menu that will sort of say you know roast chicken breast with potatoes vegetables and things yeah yeah it won't so say can. Sunday roast but it will sound pretty much yeah, the same. Same, you get Yorkshire pudding and a choice of meats and stuff like that yeah. you can get them in the you know the, the pub pubs will often do them but um again sort of time oh. things so, yeah. uh, like uh, until like four o'clock ish they might cut off it's a, it's a lunch thing generally on a Sunday that's the thing I think that was something I was talking to Wendy again about the season's podcast. She got caught out a little bit because they finish at four and do book. If I, if like you're staying in a popular place like Bath or York, somewhere, I, I would recommend booking because it is like the family will go out 
um, <laughs> for, for, for a roast on a Sunday because, you know, you want a break from cooking. But but traditionally in the UK, I mean, I can talk about from, from the Northeast, my grandmother would actually make the cook the meat on a Saturday uh, and let it go cold. So traditionally beef, um, beef is what I always remember making. And then she would, this is going to sound disgusting, um, and then the fat would settle on the top. Um, um, and then my, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Now it's gone. Then my mum would put that on bread and put a bit of salt. She'll tell me. Um, dripping. I, dripping. That's it. Dripping on bread. Which I well, no thanks. Um, but my mum used to have that. So we used to go out shopping on a, um, a Saturday. My, my grandmother would have the roast. It would be cold. The fat, and then my mum would have it on bread. And then on the Sunday we would have the the roast dinner with Yorkshire puddings. And then alternative weeks. Sorry, this is oh, this isn't too boring for me. We'd have <laughs> rice pudding, rice pudding and jam. And then the following week, we'd have we'd have custard and jelly. It was very traditional. Right. And then on Sunday, we'd have whatever was left over heated up. Wow! Wow! And we that used to do the same every day. Was, was in the Victorian times. Yeah, well, this is well. I'm not that old, Victoria. <laughs> I, didn't I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> this is like I guess this is the, well. This is the 70s, and again, like my my, my um, grandparents, coal, my grandfather's a coal miner. He used to come in for the coal mines. So, you know, Friday was always fish. Wednesday should do a hot pot. It was always a meat to veg thing, apart from Friday when they had fish. Um, yeah, so, it, you know, I always stick some of my in that. Um, but, yeah, so lots of places to try, you know, tra- traditional foods. And there's there's just so much, really. I have got an article about different UK foods. So, so well, English foods, so I have a look. Might be British. I have a look. I can't remember off the top of my head. Have a look through because there are lots of different things worth trying when you're over there. Um, I think... Uh, Cornish pasties and oh, just there's some lo- lovely stuff. Oh, I've got some really good feedback about lemon lemon curd. So we can I can that's good. So I don't need to take any lemon curd when I go over to America. That's brilliant. Um, so let me pop up because I just want to answer Elizabeth's question quickly. Um, so she's just asked, asked about London, best area to stay in London. Um, so I have this is we, we get asked this question a lot. It's probably one of the most common questions that comes up in the group. Um, and I just want to say, really, don't get bogged down in this. I know a lot of people get bogged down in where they're going to stay in London. And I recommend try stay in zone one if you can. It's just easier for transport. And believe me, you will do a lot of walking in London. And the last thing you want to do at the end of a day or is is then have to trudge back along. You might want to, but I just talking from myself. I don't really want to do, walk a huge amount when I get back because I'm out all day, and so I like a hotel to be or, or yeah, hotel to be near the um, tube tube station. So um, areas that I can tend to recommend are around kind of Covent Garden area, as there's a lot going on in Covent Garden. It's there's lots of restaurants, theatre. Um, it's just got a really good vibe. Um, so that's really popular. It's easy to walk to places so you can get down to Leicester Square, Trafalgar Square, all around there. So it, it's a nice area to stay in good. It's well served again by the tube. Um, but just Covent Garden train uh, tube station is the only one I kind of go. It's it's a lift down. So if you can walk to Holborn or Leicester Square, they're quite close. Um, the other area that's quite good is um, South Bank beside the London Eye because you're opposite the House of Parliament. So that's, that's an also a very popular place to stay and you can walk down um, South Bank. Another area that we stayed in last year was um, Tower um, Tower uh, Hill, near the Tower Hill station, um, because we were going to the Tower of London very early for the walks tour, which was excellent. Um, so we decided that it was easier to stay there. But again, that's a really good area to stay, um, very popular 
again, tube links are excellent from there. Um, but I will share a link to to my article, which I think I've, I've kind of done information about the 2012 areas because you could go out if you want to something different as far as Greenwich because um, that's, a, again, a different area and we've stayed there as well. Um, but I guess for tourists, I would probably say those those three would be my top choices. But again, please don't get bogged down on it because um, it can get stuck on that. Just Just find one of the areas, read through it, find an area and just go, right, that's the area I'm going to stay in. And I think that's where just don't go too far out because say you'll be commuting in and out and, and try and get somewhere near to a, a tube station. That that would be my recommendation. Um, I hope that helps, Elizabeth. Um, so let's have a look. We've got loads of questions popping up. Um, best food app for UK. Ooh, good question. And I've probably got one in my article, but I can't think off the top of my head. I'll, I'll have to have a look at that. Is that for um, like restaurants and things? um oh and then is it better to get a hotel that offers breakfast or just see what's out well um if it depends i i like b and b because then you get a good breakfast and that sets you up for the day i don't know about you victoria oh it, it depends if it's a nice looking hotel well yes and you don't want to eat breakfast there then uh, but you see a nice cafe around the corner and think oh they've got a good deal or they've got a nice sunny breakfast i'd be all for that too i love breakfast yeah, well, I am. Um, so outside of London, we stayed in, we're like, we tend to stay in, B, well, we stayed in Shepherd's Hut though, and we stayed in Glamping Pod. So obviously, had they actually, mm, Shepherd's Hut didn't, but the Glamping Pod, we got breakfast, like, so we could cook it ourselves. Um, so it's up to you. I mean, if I stay in a hotel in London, I tend not to get breakfast. I go out and like Covent Garden, there's some really good places to go and have breakfast. Um, what I do insist on is that there is a kettle, which like sounds like a crazy thing, but we stayed in a hotel last year, which didn't have a kettle in the room, and I, which kind of takes us on to the next question. Um, I can't function in the morning without a cup of tea. <laughs> I can't. It's I have like three cups of tea before I get out of bed. So, and you also like your tea as well, don't you, Victoria? Yeah, there's, there's, there has to be a massive pot. I'll show you my pot one day. Oh, I'll yeah. Get through. Yeah, I just I I um I I love Assam Bold, so I drink a lot of um Assam Bold tea. Um, and I know we've been asked why is tea the drink of choice. So a lot of I mean I just Doug and I love tea. I don't like coffee. That's just I just don't enjoy it. I don't like the taste. Actually, um, Doug doesn't either. So I guess it's one of those you know just taste things. Um, I know you did a little bit of research on this, Victoria. You were saying that. How many how many million cups were consumed every day? Was it crazy? Yeah, I, to, uh, it I think it is. I found this. And I couldn't. I was very surprised. Now I've just lost it. A hundred million cups of tea yes, consumed daily in the UK, and we are the large, third largest tea drinking nation behind Turkey and the Republic of Ireland. Huh. Well, I firmly believed. I believe when I'm there, April, May, June, we will be the top <laughs> drinking nation because yeah. I drink, <laughs> and I think I could probably drink 100 million myself. Honestly, I absolutely love it. So I don't know. I just think, um, I mean, again, I grew up that I don't think I can't remember my grandparents. So my grandparents had a, a lot of um, influence in my early life. I can't remember my grandparents um, ever drinking coffee. To be honest, I think it was, you know, we're talking late 60s and 70s, and it, it was always tea. And I've just always loved tea since. Um, so, um, you know, any of you who watch Ted Lasso will kind of understand the brown water thing, um, which is how I feel about coffee, actually. Um, so you drink a lot of tea, don't you, as well, Victoria? I mean, you, you, you're you a yeah. first thing in the morning cup of tea or are you a coffee? Uh, I'm a tea and a coffee girl. Ah, so okay. Throughout the day. 
Yeah. <laughs> Keep me top top. I'll be fine. Uh, oh, so yeah. So um, it, the app request was about finding restaurants and making reservations. Yeah. I can't. I can't remember off the top of my head. I will. I will find that information out and I'll. I'll link to that because um, there are a few, and I'll just have to double check which is kind of the the recommended one at the moment. Um, so, oh, what was the next? Oh, yes. Yeah, so um, Monica's asking uh, Victoria, do you have a recommended high tea? in or near Ch uh, Chipping Camden. And actually, there's a difference between high tea and afternoon tea, which comes up quite a lot. Yeah, that's true. Afternoon yeah. tea is, well, in the afternoon, but it will be, uh, so that might just be scones and cream and jam with a pot of tea, or it might be, uh, you know, your your tiers of cakes. The bottom tier will be uh, cakes. Nope, nope, got that wrong. Sandwiches. Yeah. And then the next tier will be um, cakes, and then the top tier Will be the scones and so um high tea is something that happens uh that's kind of like sort of a supper so that would be sort of five or six p.m maybe a bit of cheese on toast kind of little sandwiches type thing don't think we really do that anymore sounds very mary poppins yeah i think again that would be something that my grandparents did because they're small meals they're kind of nine o'clock nine o'clock i mean honestly regimented oh. nine o'clock twelve o'clock four o'clock nine o'clock those were the times they ate. Yeah, so that four o'clock one would have been probably a couple of slices of bread um, with some jam or fruit or whatever, and then a, a cup of tea. So yeah, that that. But high tea is like a kind of small small meal. Um, so I guess Monica, it, it, is it? I guess afternoon tea probably that you have to near Chipping Camden. In, in, I would recommend the. Um, you'll find the Bantam Tea Rooms in Chipping Camden. They're right on the high street. You'll see them really easily, and uh, this lovely little tea room, really good cake in there, great carrot cake. <laughs> Brilliant! I think yeah. I think Monica's nice. looking forward to that. Alex, <laughs> fantastic time. Um, oh, and then we've got a question about combat and jet lag. Oh, okay. So um, I guess uh, this is something that that we we deal with a lot because obviously we're flying over from Australia. So at the moment we're we're ten hours ahead. So um, Poor Victoria, I don't know what time it is there. It's nearly midnight, is it? Um, yeah. Uh, so jet lag. So I've found the best way is to try 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 to slip into the time zone that you are in. So um, to try and stay awake all day if you can. So um, generally the flights from uh, from Australia get in, I'm trying to think, sort of 11, half past 11, 12, because I usually fly into Birmingham. Um, and I do my absolute utmost to stay awake and stay in the time zone um, uh, that I'm in. Um, and I actually, I, I was a nanny in the, the 80s and 90s, early 90s. And I remember a guy that was flying all over the world. And, and that's what he did. That was his advice to me. Because um, I remember him flying in from Japan one night. And he's like, no, I need to, I need to, um, he's going to go to the gym and make sure that he then would, would go to bed because he'd tire himself out because he just needed to get into that time zone. Um so, so that try and sleep on the plane if you can, um, and I know that's that's easier said than done when it's a um, when it's a, a long flight. Um, and I, I mean, we certainly know from from the from Australia because we're talking twenty one to twenty three hours. It's a, it's a long time that you're flying. Um, but again, just trying to to slot into the time zone if you can. So if you arrive in early in the morning, another thing that I do recommend is like, say if you arrive in you know early on is if you can book the hotel or the night for the night before as well. So you're not waiting until two, three, whatever in the afternoon. I mean, some you can talk to and they might let you in a little bit earlier. 
Um, then you can get in your room and you can have a shower and then at least refresh yourself and then get out um, do a little bit of walking. Don't over plan that first day. Do something like, you know, go and sit, do a, a cruise on the Thames or take the hop on off, off bus so you see some of the sites, but don't over plan because um, you will be exhausted. Um, and I mean, you know, Australians are, are pretty good at this because, you know, traveling over to Europe, and America, it, it is, is always the, the jet lag issue. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's just preparing and, um, you know, swapping your watch to the time zone as soon as you can um, so that you can slot into that. Um, I don't know if anybody else's listeners got any other tips um, for that, but um, I was looking at kind of ideas for that first day in London, um, you know, when you arrive. I was talking to somebody last week who was like interested about that. And again, it's again, it depends on what time of day that you get in there. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on on jet lag, Victoria. Or- uh, not for myself personally. My guests have always said that the ones who seem to be most successful in the, in the sort of beginning of the holiday are are those who slept on the flight as much as yes. possible. Yeah. If you know if they're able to, but um, it, it's really hard sometimes if they book. They're on day one and they've booked a tour with me, or day two actually. That seems to really kick in. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and then they're just so exhausted. And bless them, they're kind of apologising at the end of the tour for not being themselves because they're really quiet and you can just see it's hard. I think that's actually a really good tip, you know, and I remember um, being in uh, Rome a few years ago and um, taking a tour of the Vatican and um, uh, some some family had just flown in actually from the States and they came straight. I think they still, I don't know where they left the luggage, but they literally came straight on the tour and I think they lasted about an hour and they were like, we, we just can't. Um, so I think, you, you know, if it's something you really want to do, don't put it in that first day because you're just going to be, you'll just be too tired um so again it's just easing yourself in and expect it to um you know uh kick in a few days in i mean you know australia got 10 hours to contend with so it it does take expected to take a few days um you know waking up in the middle of the night and being tired in the middle of the afternoon or whatever you know it it does take some i I never get used to it and i've been dealing with it my whole life so oh we've got nice thing i just want to say thank you for everything your facebook page and members have done for me a system my first solo trip to the uk looking forward to arriving in august from australia oh that's lovely thank you so much for that um yeah we, we love kind of uh, hearing from you guys um and i just want to say thank you everybody that was listening to the podcast and, and left all those fantastic reviews because it, it really really made my day for a few days and we're still getting fantastic reviews in um and it, it's it's so lovely when we hear that um to know that because obviously sometimes you just you don't know you're kind of just talking away and you're not quite sure who's there so, um, Victoria, you'll be coming on the podcast again soon, I'm sure, to talk about um, – I thought we might talk about kind of Cotswolds over the seasons, I think, might be quite good, or things to do with spring, summer. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what, what people are interested in, but I think that would be good to talk about as well. Um, obviously, I'm going to be back uh, for three months, so I'll be seeing Victoria, so hopefully we'll be able to um, maybe do some some nice things in tea rooms and, you know, <laughs> chats and show you some things from there um so we've had it all we've had a question about um weather in april um uh so uh bring in layers but aren't sure if we need a light jacket or warmer jacket so yeah april's a interesting month well yeah it can be i mean we we sort of know it as um season we, we we sort of have an expression called the april showers 
So you could have you could have lovely sunny days in April and um, it's kind of about, I think it works out because we have Celsius here and uh, so US, I don't know about other countries, but I know in the US they sort of have Fahrenheit, right? Oh, so right, yeah. I think it's somewhere between sort of 45, 50 um, degrees Fahrenheit uh, equivalent. That's the kind of temperatures in April. And yeah. you might have, so the April showers are you're just like a sudden downpour of rain. But then it will clear up again and it'll be gorgeous, lovely Sunday. And then about half an hour later, there might be another downpour. Yeah. So just layer up and, you know, take your Mac with you. Yeah. Be prepared for that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. And I think I'd say that for, for well, any time that you visit, really, it's like you need to yeah. you need to consider the layers, don't you? Because um, it can be – it can be. I was just – actually, somebody asked in the group this morning, I remember in March um, – being sitting in our garden in a t-shirt and sunglasses and some cream and a deck chair because it was so it was so warm and it's so hot when the, the next march it might be you know frost still on the ground um you can't it's still and it's becoming more unpredictable i think i mean last year we were in the uk in in july when it was 42 degrees but we we're at high clear um 42 degrees in the uk i mean that's mm. not that's not the norm that's 106 mm. or something like that Fahrenheit. Mm. I mean that, that's just just not something that you know 1976 was the last time I remember it being really really hot in the UK that was a notorious summer um probably before you were born Victoria but um uh yeah so it, it, it's really difficult I think you know we, we were up in Scotland in May and it was freezing we, so you've got to think as well where you're going because the further north you go generally the colder it's going to be yeah where the south you are the milder it is um, and actually, to be honest, you know, if you're visiting in the winter, I prefer it when it's colder because it tends to be cold and crisp. Where if it's a bit warmer, that's when you get the damp and the the rain. Um, so yeah, so difficult. Just just bring layers. I I have uh, I have vest tops, t-shirts, and then a thin jacket. I have a, a scarf. Um, there's pictures when I was back in the UK, and I'll be doing. I'll be back in April this year. I arrive back on the 11th. So um, I'll do what I did last year and do do a little bit of. This is what I'm wearing today. <laughs> I'm not going to help you if you arrive before me, but I, I will try and um, sort of reflect what what the weather's like. Um, so then, also, I think it's Robbie actually again. So she's going to the London Philharmonic. If I can pronounce it, um, should be dressed up or is casual dress okay? Um, so I think it's just, uh, I think you've put some notes in about um, casual dresses okay, but no yeah. I think it's probably fine, but just um, but not jeans or trainers. Maybe yeah. I mean, there's no rule about it. It's just, it's just, it's just nice to you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah, it's always just worth checking if um, like if there's any dress codes um, for any of the places that you're um, that you plan to visit, like afternoon teas and that and stuff like that. It's just worth. We we went to um, um, the Shard for afternoon tea so uh, you know I did put a dress on and, and, and sandals it was a bit more dressier um but some some places are a little bit more relaxed and some places I'm going to take my mum to the Ritz I hope she's not going to listen to this um for her birthday mate it's a very special birthday for mum so I've decided that this is the time to go to the Ritz so hopefully I'll be able to show you kind of what it's like at the Ritz uh, for afternoon tea um I'm trying to think oh here we go we've got some more questions so um for Windsor, is that a whole day trip? Can you see when Queen Elizabeth is buried? Um, uh, Windsor, you can spend the whole day because you can go and have a look around Windsor itself. Um, so, the, yes, you can see where the Queen, uh, the late Queen is buried. It's in St. George's Chapel. Just do check that the days that that is open because I'm trying to think off the top of my head. 
because um, it's closed a couple of days of the week um, and I should remember, but there's so many different open and enclosed days. So they have got an article about that. Um, but if it's a nice day, yes, head out to Windsor. Um, go there for the changing of the guard, which is around 11 o'clock. I think some days I've got some pictures and videos of that. Um, do pay to go and see Queen Mary's um, Queen Mary's Doll's House, which is fantastic, um, amazing to see. Um, um, yes, and I'm, I'm an, I'm a, I can imagine that actually Windsor is going to be quite popular this year because a lot of people want to go and pay their respects to to uh, the late Queen. So, um, and I certainly will be going. Um, so that is worth something that if you want to plan to visit Windsor, just consider um, you know tickets and planning ahead when they're available. Um, so that you can do that. Um, I found Windsor, I don't particularly like headphones because I like to talk to people when I, as you would imagine, <laughs> when I go around. But but at Windsor, it, it is earphones um, to have a look at the rooms. I think, I guess it's just that they don't put, they don't put information up because it's a working, working castle. So I guess the card, because they've got an official event that have to move everything out. Um, but there are curators you can talk to in, in each of the different uh, rooms. Um, so yeah, so I'd plan, I'd go there, you know, go there. We went there for about, I think about 10, walked up, sat and waited for the change of the guard. Actually went and had a, we had breakfast first there. Uh, there's a crooked house you can go and see in, in Windsor. There's lots of other things to go and see in Windsor as well as a castle. So if you want to plan a day, I'd, yeah, give yourself, give yourself the day. It's worth it. Um, I'm trying to think what well, other places to go actually on day trips, because we've got loads of information about that. It's somewhere like um, Hampton Court is an easy day trip as well. Mm -hmm. So in Hampton Court, you can go down there from Waterloo. Um, use your Oyster card or contactless to get down there. Um, so that that's another really good day trip. Um, so since we'll be in London, so it's Monica. Since we'll be in London the week before the coronation, will it be crowded and lots of places closed? Good question. Um, and I'm just doing a bit of research on this. How what's the feeling in the UK at the minute about the coronation? I think it's going to be a bit more low key, or is it not going to get away with it being low key? I don't know. I don't know. Jubilee last year was amazing and it was huge. And all the street parties that took place and everyone decorating. I like to think it's going to be the same kind of atmosphere. I think it I think it's uh it's the it's um Charles that wants it to be. Should I call him King Charles now? I feel like um it uh, that it needs it to be um we wanted it to be low key, but you know it's 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 Pomp and ceremony. So there's going to be pomp yeah. and ceremony. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, things are places that will be closed because of preparation. Now I know mm. that because uh, I was did I did an article yesterday about Westminster Abbey that that's closed from about 23rd of April. So I would assume that's not going to be open the first. It's certainly not until the sixth or seventh of May because that's where the coronation will be held. Um, I did share an article yesterday, and there's a picture of the coronation chair. I shared a lot of information about Westminster Abbey. Highly recommend that you do visit if you go in uh, before that date or after that date when the, when it opens um, to go and see the coronation chair. It's absolutely fascinating. I mean, yeah. it's been used for since 13 something to you know to crown kings and queens of England. I mean, wow. Yeah. You know, it is. It's you know, and I'm I'm British, and I, I just I still go wow. <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. It's incredible. Um, oh, you've had a question about private tours, just for two people, five days. I think you do, but I can't answer for you. Yeah, that's it. A yes and a yes. I do do them for two people for five days. Depends because so, um, I'm getting uh, yes. You're busy, you're getting yeah, actually, that's something I'm just going to say in this. Take the opportunity to stay in this live. That you know, there was only Victoria. That's doing the tours in so that Victoria's 
business. So um, you need to book with Victoria and you need to do that fairly soon because I know that you've had lots of inquiries and lots of bookings already, Victoria, which is fantastic. I hope you can fit me when I'm over there. <laughs> I know. I hope so too. We need to. I know, but, uh, maybe we need to get some diary, uh, get some dates together. I was just yeah, thinking that. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to be over there for three months and you're fully booked the entire time. I'd be very sad. <laughs> no, we would definitely make it happen, Tracy. We've got yeah. to. That's We've good. That's good. We'll do evening absolutely. tours or whatever it takes. Breakfast yeah, absolutely. Tours. Well, I've got, I've, got to, I've got to go and have yeah pub. Um, I've got pubs already. Kind of thought of pubs. Uh, and you know, nice meal, afternoon tea, that sort of thing would be, be really good. Um, I love the Cotswolds anyway. I'm very very jealous that you, that you live there. Um, somebody has asked. I've just seen the question about castles. Okay, if you stay at one castle in England, which would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm a scaredy cat. I'm going to admit that. And I, I, but, oh, you? I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I am. Like, I don't know. I, the one I, the one I, yeah, exactly. That's, that, yeah. I shouldn't admit this in a live show, but I get a little bit, ooh. Um, the one I really would like to stay at is Heaver Castle. Uh, Heaver Castle, Heaver Castle. I'll probably pronounce it wrong. John, John England will tell me. Um, Heaver Castle, Heaver. I was pronounced. So that, that one I'd, I'd really like to stay at. It's not too far outside of London. Um, so you can stay there. There are lots of different castles that you can stay at. Um, and lots of good castle hotels. Um, I know um, Wendy, who I've talked to again on the podcast, she said Trigen, Trig, oh, I can't even say it. Um, I'm not going to say it. Trigenen Castle outside of St. Ives, which she really enjoyed. She loved that. Oh. Um, so, uh, you know, there's there's fantastic castles in Scotland. There's Wales, Ireland, England um, to choose from. I guess it depends what you want because they're going to be, you know, some are going to be more luxurious than others. Um so I can put links to those articles, um, but yeah, I'm 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 a bit scared. <laughs> Stay in a castle. <laughs> have you stayed in a castle before, Victoria? I have. I have. Oh. I had. I stayed um, in a castle. It's owned by the Landmark Trust, oh, yeah. and they are a, a wonderful um, charity, and they take on various properties around uh, Britain and um, properties that were going to fall into disrepair. And they took on a ch- uh, castle up in Scotland and the Mull of Kintyre, like the Beatles song. Yes, yes. Uh, I won't sing it now. But, um, I stayed in that castle and I had um, I had an 18-month-old with me at the time who wanted sort of, you know, heated milk in the middle of the night. And I, I was like, I don't want to go down those stairs to the kitchen on my own in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's, it's not just me. It's not just me. <laughs> I was a chicken. So I took a flask and it was fine. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd do that as well. Um, no, it's great. It's great to go and find a castle and stay in one. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I have to say, I've, I am looking at Heva Heva. I've heard pronounce it. Heva, um, I think. Yeah. I'm sure it's Heva. I don't know. Said. Yeah, said, yeah. I think John might say Heva. I'm going to ask John. Um, Sorry, John. Yeah, I, it may be, yeah, I need to go and stay in one. I, I do, but I just, as I say, I just get a bit nervous. But there, there's lots to choose from with, and just check out the reviews um, before before you choose one. Um, oh, and then I've got a question about Tower of London. Um, I've read that you can spend a lot of time at the Tower of London. How much time would you schedule? Um, four hours, I would say, really. Um, get there early, get there before, like as it opens, before it opens, it's busy, it's popular. It's like the number one tourist destination in London. Um, it, it's fabulous to, to explore. Read a little bit about the history of the Tower of London before you go, because it will help. Because there's a huge, you know, 
thousand years of history in that place. Um, uh, do if you you want if there's a free beef food beef eater tour which is good. It does get crowded though, so you know sometimes you can struggle to hear. But they are the beef eaters are amazing, full of interesting facts and really funny. Um, if you go in again, if you want to see the crown jewels, get in the queue as soon. It's the first place you need to go to is the crown jewels. Believe me, because it's so busy, the queues um, can get really really long. Um, so uh, you know I'll, I'll be doing the walks tour again, which. Um, it, it, it you, you, you're there for the opening ceremony, so you're there. You're the first people in, and you're the first people into the crown jewels. Um, and I actually spoke to them the other day because they've got a, a, a London and a data that in, includes the Tower of London. And um, I did ask if it was a skip the queue or skip the line, um, and they, they said it isn't. But by the time they get there to the Tower of London in, later in the afternoon, the the queues have gone down, you know, a bit. So um, that's what they recommended. But um, yeah, so give yourself three and a half to four hours really to really enjoy it properly because there's a lot to it. Um, there's a lot to see. Um, you, there is there's a restaurant there, so you can go and have a have something to eat um, as well. Um, but yeah, enjoy it because it, it you know it's it's a fascinating place to visit. It's included. I've just done a little bit of um, a walking itinerary uh, which starts at the Tower of London, takes you across um, Tower Bridge, and then. Uh, well, I'm not going to share it actually. I'm keeping it as a secret, but actually, I've shared it in the group, um, which is which incorporates starts at the Tower of London and kind of incorporates that time. You go to Borough Market for lunch; it's actually a rather nice one. Um, oh, what would you recommend? An evening meal at the Shard or afternoon visit? Um, I, well, I've only done afternoon tea at the Shard. I've not done an evening meal. Have you eaten at the Shard, Victoria? Afternoon tea. Uh huh. Afternoon tea is popular at the Shard because obviously if it's a nice, you get good views, but you can mm. go to the Sky Garden and get good views that are free. So just make sure you book that in advance. Uh, Shard's really nice. If, you, if you, you know, you're looking for a treat, do, do afternoon tea at the Shard. We did the Peter Pan experience, which was, it was, it was just so cool. It was really good. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, so hopefully I'll be doing some more afternoon teas this, this year. Just got to pace them. <laughs> a lot of walking in between. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I haven't. I can't talk about evening meal at the Shard because I haven't actually had one. Um, there's so many places to choose from in the UK for to eat. Um, you know, Duck and Waffle is is on my list for breakfast, um, which is really famous, really well known. Have you had breakfast there, Duck and Waffle? No. Um, yeah, so that's that's one that I, I'm hoping to get to. Um, I think we've answered. I think we've answered all of the questions. Um, and I think we've been talking a long time. So thanks to everybody that has hung around. Uh, really appreciate it. Well, I just wanted to end, actually, with one thing is um, reading books. I'm trying in between running three websites and and a podcast and doing the Facebook group to actually read a bit more. Um, so this is a good way to me do it as well. So I thought I'd just share what I'm reading and um, about Britain. So um, obviously either historical fact fiction, but obviously with a focus on on. Uh, UK. So this is what I'm reading at the moment. So I don't know if anybody's read this. is the third one and the Thursday Murder Club. So it's um, it's a fiction book. It's brilliant. Has anybody else read it? I just want to know because I can't wait to finish. They're getting better and better and I think I've they're going to be they're excellent. Oh, they're really funny. Uh, I keep giving them, I've given the other books away, um, but they're really, really funny. They're really well uh, written and I can't wait to see which um, actors and actresses get the different parts. So that's my recommended book for anybody that's looking for is is um, Richard Osman. And I know you've got a book that you kind of recommend as well, Victoria. Yeah, I'm halfway through Hamnet, which is um, 
uh, the fictional story of um, Shakespeare's son and uh, it's, it's brilliantly written. It was a bit of a slow start, but I'm really into it now. And uh, yeah, I look forward to bedtimes. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> great so i'll put links to those i think as well um because it, it i think it's just really interesting to know what what has anybody else got recommended that they've read that's um fact or fiction set in set in the uk so that'd be anywhere in the uk that would be really good i think it'd be really good to share that that um information and maybe we can get a bit of a list going and recommendations yeah um anyway i think i think we've we've talked enough <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I think there was actually there was one more question about different different use of words, but I think we might have to keep that till next time between because um, obviously British English, American English, actually Australian English is very different words, but we'll save that for the next one. What do you think, Victoria? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's my bedtime. I know that's what I'm it's conscious of. Really, late. we've we've done an hour, so I know nearly midnight in the UK. Um, so I just want to say a huge thank you to Victoria. But again, coming on, she's always in the podcast, she's in the Facebook group um, and coming on Facebook Lives with me. Um, I don't want to do them on my own. And it's like Victoria is <laughs> the best person to do them with. Oh, no, just brilliant. We, well, we get on so well, I'm sure everybody can see that. So yeah, just again, if you, want, if you want to book a tour with Victoria, um, I would, I would, I'll put a link on. Um, I get in contact with her as soon as possible because I know she, she is in huge demand um and um, you can see why she's amazing um so for today i just want to say thank you to everybody that's joined us for the for the facebook live so yeah, that's bye you. from me that's really fun it's great getting all those questions brilliant yeah, no. all right so i'm, I'm going to say it's i should say it's um it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from oh i can't remember the two ronnie's thing goodbye <laughs> from goodbye from him and it's goodbye from me or whatever it is but anyway bye <laughs> bye Thanks again to the lovely Victoria of Cotswold Teacup Tours for joining me on this Facebook Live. You can hear more from Victoria in episodes 20 and 27 of the podcast. As usual, links to everything we discussed can be found in the show notes at uktravelplanet.com forward slash episode 33, including a link to Victoria's website, Cotswold Teacup Tours, if you'd like to inquire about booking a tour with her. You'll also find a link to the Facebook group, so why not pop over and request to join? Lastly, a huge thank you to the following listeners who left us a five-star review. Steph RW from Australia from her review, which said, So much great information. Love this podcast. Great information for planning my UK trip. And also DKZJ Carroll from the United States, who left a review saying, Great podcast. Very helpful for first-time visitors. Thank you so much for your support. Remember, if you'd like the chance of a possible shout-out on the podcast, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. That just leaves me to say until next week, happy UK travel planning.